Well, uh, as you can see, we're kind of in between series right now. We've got, got part of a setup here, and we're excited about next week. Next weekend is going to be incredible. Mark will be back, so that's my biggest request of anyone who is here today, especially for the first time. I'm not the regular guy, um, so I would love for you to come back next weekend and hear Mark uh, speak as we begin a series on anger called Pack and Heat. It's going to be uh, really awesome. Uh, this weekend also, the uh, Kids World uh, ministry has been suspended for this weekend to give the volunteers a little bit of a break, and so we have the kids in here with us. Hi, kids. There we go. That's a little better. Micah, you're way louder than that at home, buddy. I expect to hear more. There you go. All right. That's my son over there. He's pretty loud. There they go. All right. Hey, guys. All right. We're glad that uh, you guys are in here with us. Now I've opened a can of worms, haven't I? Um, Some of these songs that we sang you may not have been familiar with if you're a little kid in here. And so we wanted to give you a chance to sing with me and also help me get my message started because it'll help me make make a point to start with. So let's sing a little song, Jesus Loves Me, okay? Kids, can you help me with that? The kids, sing with me. Here we go. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. You know, that's one of the first songs that we learn as a kid. If you grew up in church, you probably learned that song. But you know, there's a profound truth in there, and that's the fact that Jesus loves us. In fact, the Bible tells us that God loved us first. And then everything that we do is simply a response to that love. So we couldn't get to God. He came to us, and then we respond to him. Now, if you are in this room and you have already placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then every day you live, you have the opportunity to tell him thanks, basically. You have the opportunity to live your life in such a way that brings him attention, that brings him glory, that brings him fame instead of ourselves. We call that worship. It's kind of one of those spiritual words, you know, that sometimes we kind of lose what it really means. It means to get him attention to get him glory and praise. And that's awesome. That idea of living every day a life of worship, that's an incredible part of a follower of Jesus Christ. But I don't want to talk about that part of worship this morning. There's another part of worship. That's the part of worship where maybe you have a time each day where you get alone with God's word and you read and you you fellowship with God and you're telling God how much you love him and, and you're listening to him, you're talking to him. That personal worship is so vital in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. And I hope you do that regularly. But that's not the worship I'm going to talk about this morning. There's another kind of worship. There's another setting for worship. And it's actually the setting that we're in right now. We call it corporate worship. That doesn't mean you're worshiping a business or something. That just means corporate altogether, we're worshiping God. Now, what's the point? I mean, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, your destiny is secure. The Bible says you have a relationship with God. Um, And so what would be the point of coming together? Well, in Hebrews chapter 10, 
Verse 25, I think the, the verse really gives us a good indication of why we come together. By the way, I would recommend, there are Bibles in the pew in front of you there. And um, it's a great thing just to kind of follow along. It'll get you familiar with what kind of where stuff is in the Bible. Uh, a lot of times the verses are on the screen as well. I'll give you two quick reasons, though, why you should have, look at the Bible in front of you. One's a really spiritual one, and that is that it'll give you a context. If I say a verse, you can actually see what happens before and after what I'm saying to make sure that I'm not just doing something goofy and pulling something out of the air, okay? That's real important. The second thing is not so spiritual, and that is if you get bored, you can just keep reading, and at least you're going to get something out of the message this morning, okay? So uh, that's kind of the, the twofold reason. Hebrews chapter 10, 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but, what's the next word? Encourage one another. Encourage. We, we get together to encourage each other to live a life of worship. We get together to encourage each other to do what makes God smile. We get together to focus on God. And so we, we regularly do that, and it's so vital to our lives because that gives you the fuel you need to do it the rest of the week, <laughs> to, to worship God. Now, around here, we worship God a lot of different ways. We worship God through scripture. We worship God through a message when Mark stands up here and takes biblical principles and he talks to you and me about how we can apply them to our lives. But a lot of times, the way that we worship here is through music. We just finished doing that, about 30 minutes of music. We're singing and we're, we're interacting with each other and with God. What's the point of that? Why, why do we sing? Why do we do all this? Well, I believe that God made music. He goes, he's the one who created it. It wasn't like we were so smart and went, ding, ding, ding. Oh, look, a chord. You know, it, it, we didn't come up with this. God made music. And I believe that he made it. To have a powerful impact on our life. Now, if you don't think music is powerful, I got a little experiment for you sometime. Turn on like one of those really scary movies, okay? Really scary, like the guy with the mask and the big knife or something, I don't know. Um, and turn off the sound. It's a whole lot less scary without the music behind it, isn't it? That's because when you turn the sound back up, it's going, you know, and it's got all these sounds going and music, and you're going, oh no, don't go in the air. You turn the sound off, you're like, oh, pff, that's just dumb. That's like a movie set right there. You know what I'm saying? Music has a powerful influence. Um, music, I believe, in engages our whole being. In fact, it's interesting, but what we call the great commandment, which is, which is Jesus saying, this is like number one commandment. He says, you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. I find it interesting that music really touches on all four of those aspects your heart, those, the spiritual part of you, the, your soul, the, the emotional part of you, your mind, and your strength, your body. It takes your body to make music. So I find it interesting that God would say, love me with all of this. And then he gives us one way of expressing that. Now, there's a little confusion because I am not saying music is worship. Far from it. There's all kinds of music, but not all of it's worship. On the counter, just because it's worship doesn't mean it has to be music. We've already said that. We can worship God through listening. We can worship God through praying, reading scripture, interacting with other people, just living our daily lives. In fact, the Bible says whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it all to the glory of God. So the Bible says we can worship in any scenario. But today, I want to talk to you about that particular occasion here where we worship together through music, through this service. 
Now, I wrote down some ideas, some things that I experience and you experience when we worship. And I'm going to just fly through these, okay? But the first one, I think, is probably, it probably has the biggest impact on me of all of these. And that is this. When I worship God, my perspective on my situation and my circumstances change. You get what I'm saying? Because all of us have junk in our lives. I mean, we got stuff that we're dealing with. We're dealing with, you know, crazy boss at work. Or we're dealing with, you know, sickness that we just can't seem to shake. Or, you know, you've got financial problems. Or, or all these things. Stress. And, and But what happens is when you truly engage in worship, that stuff, even though it's still there, kind of disappears for a while, right? I got a little illustration for you. This is great. I want everybody to do this. Nobody's too cool to do this, all right? Take your index finger and put it about six inches from your nose like this. Come on, you can do it. Help Jason out. He's only got one hand. All right. Okay. All right, just like this, six inches. Focus on your finger, okay? It looks pretty solid, right? Very real. Man, it's right there. Okay. Now what I want you to do is kind of hold that up, look up at me, hold that finger there, and now just kind of focus on me instead of your finger. Do you notice what's happening with your finger? You can see through it. Huh? You can put your finger down. Kids, that's cool. That's good to do in school when you're bored. Just kidding. Don't do that. Um, I did it all the time growing up. You know, I'm going, wow, that's so cool. I can see like through my hand. Um, I don't really understand how it works exactly. All I know is this might be something to remember with. When your circumstances seem so real and so solid, when we change our perspective, and instead of focusing on that circumstance, we begin to focus on God and who he is and what he's done and all these awesome things, our perspective changes. The second thing, I, when I worship, I'm reminded that I have so much to be thankful for. It's easy to get complainy, whiny, uh, say, oh, I need this, and God, I need this, I need this, I need this. When I start to worship, I'm reminded, man, I've got so much to be thankful for. Somebody said once, life is hard, God is good. Don't switch the two. That's kind of the way it is. Life is hard, but God is good. We have so much to be thankful for. When we worship, we get to talk about what God has done and what God has promised that he's going to do. Now, you might think, well, that's, that seems kind of, what's the point? When I was looking in the book of Psalms to prepare for this, I kind of read all the way through them. And I'm amazed at how over and over the guys who are, who are writing the Psalms, and by the way, all the Psalms are, they're songs. They actually were sung back then. We just kind of have the lyrics. It'd be like if you, uh, you know, Googled on lyrics to a song now and you just pull them up. It's kind of the same thing. But over and over in these songs that these guys wrote, they're like telling God all the things that he's done. Now, I've tried to figure that out. You know, do they think God has forgotten? The guy going, oh, man, totally forgot about that one. No, it's for us. It's for the guy who wrote, who wrote the song. He's going, God, you were faithful here and here and here, and you did this and you did this. And, and what we just sang about a few minutes ago, we can say, God, you loved us so much. You sent your son, Jesus. He gave his life so that we could have eternal life. We're going over and over these things that God has done. You know what that does is it builds confidence in our heart toward God. We say, God, if you've done these things and you've been faithful, you're going to be faithful. That changes the way that we live. The next thing, God's word becomes active in my heart. One of the things that I love is so many of the songs that we sing have scripture in them, or even they're just built around a certain verse in scripture. 
And as we sing these, as we meditate on them, you know, as, as we kind of take them with us and they kind of become a part of us, we're actually doing what, what b- the Bible calls meditating on God's word. It's just kind of getting inside us and getting in our fiber. And we're, we're, we're saying, God, I, I'm living, I want to live according to the principles of your word, just because it's music. The next thing, my mind becomes focused when I worship. How many of you would confess before everyone else this morning that you are scatterbrained? I'm going to raise my hand. Come on, the people around you know it, so you might as well, yeah. <laughs> Your family already knows. They're not going, oh my, he's got a brain. Um, how many of you would say, no, I'm a multitasker. I'm multitask. Yeah, I'm not scatterbrained. Ah, it's the same thing. All right. <laughs> um, if you ever get to look at my desk or my garage at home, um, you will get a visual picture of what my brain is like. Uh, my desk is kind of stacked with papers, and they're kind of, none of them are quite straight on the desk. You know, some of them are turned this way. And am I right, Steve? Steve's always down there. And yeah, it's like you got to kind of peer over the stuff on my desk. That's my mind. Got a lot of things going. But when I worship, my mind suddenly gets really focused. Suddenly, I'm thinking about something that really has eternal value. I'm thinking about something good. I don't have time for all the other stuff in my mind because I'm focused as I worship. The next thing is I'm reminded that God's spirit is inside me. When you placed your faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that his spirit comes and lives inside of you. I sure can't begin to understand how that all works. What I know is this. As I worship, I can tell that God is trying to tell me something. He's trying to change something in my life. He's trying to give me instruction, direction. And even more than that, I can sense that God is doing that in other people's lives as well. And you've probably experienced that as well. There's just something about God's presence here as we worship him. And he can work. You know, people come up to me sometimes and they go, you know, that song, that was really powerful. I felt very moved. And they don't know exactly what that is. And, you know, that's just God working through our worship. Next thing is as I worship, I am telling God, how I want to live. I love this. You know, there's one song especially that comes to mind. We do this song called, Every day it's you I live for, every day I'll follow after you. You know, do, 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 all this stuff. We're telling God, hey, this is how I want to live. I want to live my life where my life matches up to these words, not just the hour that I'm sitting in here, but when I'm out there, when I'm at my job, when I'm dealing with my family, all this sort of thing. So I'm telling God, this is how I want to live. Now the flip side of this also happens to me. When I'm singing a song that says, hey, God, I want to follow you. I want to give you my whole heart. Sometimes his spirit goes, "Um, excuse me, you're not living that way. That ever happened to you? You don't have to, you don't have to raise your hand. Just, you know what I'm saying? You're singing, you know, God, it's all you. I will live, give you all my life and all this stuff. And you go, oh, except for that one little area there. Yeah. That's, the Bible you know, talks about the Holy Spirit working in our heart. Sometimes the word we used way back when was conviction. God, Holy Spirit's convicting me. And it's not so that I feel guilty. Instead, it's to bring me back to a right relationship with him. And he's saying, if you'll just tell me that you agree with me that this is wrong, that's called confessing your sin, I'll forgive you that sin and I'll cleanse you from all of that unrighteousness. So that's incredible. When I worship, God does that in my life. When I worship, other people can come to Jesus when they see us. I love this verse. Psalm chapter 40, 
verse 3, Psalm 40, verse 3, if you want to look it up, it goes like this. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Love that. As we worship and as we're worshiping, you know, we're, we're focusing on God. The Bible says that those who do not yet even know Jesus will see that there is something going on and place their faith in Jesus as well. The last thing, I'm filled with joy and I have a sense of fulfillment because I'm doing what I was made to do. You're doing what you were made to do. You realize God made you for a reason. It's to have a relationship with him. It's to interact with him. It's to live our lives disconnected with him. And a lot of times, if you're like me, you get busy in your life and you just start kind of doing your own thing. You know, it's not necessarily bad. You're just kind of off doing your own thing. And worship brings it back and says, no, this, this is what it's all about, is connecting with an eternal almighty God. Well, I have the privilege every week, usually, couple times a week, Mark will drop in my office and uh, we'll just start talking about stuff, you know, whatever, different things. But almost always it turns to spiritual things. It's not like we're sitting there going, hmm, let's talk about spiritual matters now. Um, We're just talking because Mark is so fired up about what God's doing in his life and the life of this church. And and it's just awesome if you ever get to sit down and talk with Mark. But what he likes to do is he gets, uh, he sits in my office there in the uh, rocking chair. And I can tell when he's starting to get fired up about something because we'll be talking and suddenly he starts going. (laughs) So that happened this past week. We were talking about worship, some of these things that we're talking about now. And he's telling me these cool things. And I'm like, would you do me this favor and uh, let me get this on video? Let me just, you know, take you over here to the video room. We'll get some of these things. We didn't have a rocking chair, but I got some of these. I got him to, to tell us some of the things that he was sharing with me this week. And I wanted you to see him as well. Let's watch. When Jesus used the phrase worshiping in spirit and truth in John chapter 4, he did it in response to a woman who asked him a question about religion. And she was basically asking him what what religion is right. And he was telling her, you know, it's not about religion. And that's why we sing that lyric in Fields of Grace, there's a place where religion finally dies. And the place where it dies is worshiping God in spirit and truth. It's just so much higher than religion. You know, worshiping God in spirit and truth is receiving the truth from God's word and then turning around and giving him praise and glory and value because of who he is and what he says. I love this time of year because I get to have my devotions outside. I'll go out on, on my back deck, take my Bible and, and a pen, and I'll start reading, reading scripture. And then that causes me to pray. And I love, I love worship music. And it's amazing how many times, in fact, just last night it happened. Uh, I was out reading through the book of John and, and God just began to teach me some things through his word. And I started praying and the very next thing I know, I'm singing a worship song that we sing at New Spring. I didn't do it intentionally. It just started coming out of me. I really believe there's a connection between reading scripture, prayer, and worship. I think those things really go together in your life. And when that happens, you have a time of intimacy with God that is so powerful and so sweet. The worship experience is your opportunity to get actively involved in communicating your heart to God 
Uh, worship is not something that you just sit through. It's not even something that you watch. It's something that you do. Worship is a doing kind of thing in which you show God how valuable He is in your life. And the great thing about worship is even though it's something you're doing for God, when you worship with other people, it has a very positive effect on you too. I always say that the best 30 minutes of my week is worshiping at New Spring, but since I get to be in three services, I guess I could say the best 90 minutes of the week. I always tell people this, and, and people look at me kind of funny when I say it, but the truth of the matter is I'm a really shy person. The idea of being on stage and talking in front of people really scares me to death. Um, but the great thing about worship is I can just lose all that. I can forget about what I need to say and how scared I'm going to be standing in front of people. In worship, it gives me a chance just to focus on the Lord. And that has a, a powerful way of clarifying my head. It has a powerful way of, of connecting me with God. I would just say to anyone who's in a worship experience, you know, don't just sit back and watch it, but take part. I mean, tell the Lord how valuable He is to you. Don't worry about what you sound like. Don't worry about what the people around you are thinking. I mean, worship is an opportunity for you to connect just one-on-one -on -one with the Lord. And right before I, right before I speak, uh, nothing's more important to me than worshiping the Lord. I think the song we sing that means the most to me is If God is For Us from the end of Romans chapter 8. Uh, I went through some stressful things this year and when I was not sure of the outcome. And time and time again, that song would come back to me. In fact, I would awaken in the middle of the night and often the very first thing I would be thinking about is the lyrics from that song. And I would find myself singing the song in my inner person. I couldn't sing out loud because I would wake Mary Alice up. But, you know, these songs mean so much to me because they're taken from God's Word. But even in listening to the message, that's an act of worship because as you receive God's Word and you think about it and you let it really get into who you are, that's an act of worship because you're showing God how valuable He is and how valuable His Word is in your life. Worship isn't just corporate worship. Anytime in your life you're showing God how valuable He is, that's an act of worship. So you can worship, and hopefully you do worship, all the time in your life. That's good. You know, Mark said something I really, really like. He said, you know, it's not, worship is not something we come and sit through. It's something that we come and do. And so I, I kind of wrote the phrase down, worship is active. It's not passive. You know, I, I grew up and sometimes we, uh, you know, I hear people say, they leave the church service and go, you know, I just didn't get anything out of that service. And I used to think, well, that's kind of weird. But uh, you know what the problem is? Is when you come to church, it's up to you. It's up to, up to you to see what you experience and how much you get out of the service because it's an active thing. I've got uh, five things real quick. We're just I would call them like five tips from Lance on ways to experience what God has for you in your weekend worship service, okay? I wish I had like a like five, four, three, two, one, but I don't. I'm not that cool. All right, so the first is come with expectancy. Come expecting God to do some awesome things in your life. I've been to a few ball games before, you know, when before the teams get out there, there's like all these, I mean, people are just electric, man. They're ready to go. They can't wait for the kickoff or the tip off or whatever, you know, and they're, they're ready. They're fired up. That can happen when you come to church. 
In fact, I, I believe Easter weekend, Saturday night of our Easter weekend, I don't know if you were present for that or not, but it was honestly probably the first time I've experienced that here where it was just electric. I mean, you could just sense everybody knew God was going to do something awesome in that service, and I believe that he did. You can come with a sense of expectancy. The second thing, when you come to church, prepare your heart for what God's going to do. You prepare for other big things in your life, right? A lot of times church, kind of, we just kind of, Oh, it's time to go get the kids. Good, you know, grab the dog, put the dog outside. It's time to get to church. And we get to church and go, whew, okay, let's do it. And I know we've all got busy lives and I, most of the time I can't figure out where I'm at either. But we prepare our hearts to come to worship. The next thing, as we read scripture or we pray or we sing or you listen to Mark, bring a message from God's word, engage your brain. Flip it on to say, I'm going to think about what's being said. I'm going to think as we sing these songs, we try to put the words up on the screens so that you can think as we, it's not just to sing along. It's also to think and say, man, that's that truth right there. You know, that makes a difference in my life or, or what was that? You know, and, but engage your brain. Think the next thing. I love this one. Um, give yourself permission to be loud and rowdy. Route. Yeah, there's Ethan. Rowdy is probably not the right spiritual word. I don't think it's in the Bible. Um, maybe passionate would be a better word. Loud and passionate. Now, let me kind of explain something. Yes, there are times in our life to be quiet before God. Totally agree with that. The Bible teaches that. Usually those are times of prayer. Those are times of meditation, quietness, stillness before God. So vital to your life. But you know what? As I read the book of Psalms, I discovered something very interesting. That just about every time it talks about music, I mean, probably 99% of the time, it talks about it in terms that sound awfully loud to me. Like, shout for joy. Clap your hands. Um, there's this one verse in, in Psalm 28, verse 7. The psalmist says, when I think about what God's done, I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. And I mean, I think that's cool. You know, it's like, I can't hold it any longer. Ah! You know, um, we burst out. It's loud. In, in fact, I, I forgot to tell the 930 group this, but in Isaiah chapter 6, just really quick, sometimes I have people come to me and say, you know, loud just isn't my deal. And that's, that's I can understand that. You know, sometimes it's painful, whatever. But Isaiah chapter 6 paints a picture for, of God's throne room. You know, he kind of gets a vision into heaven for a moment. We would expect him to write that the angels are sitting around and going, hmm you know, and doing these wonderful, graceful moves and all of this, and everything's very laid back and peaceful. You know what it says? It says that these beings are up there, and they're flapping their wings, and they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And it says the walls of the temple were shaking. I'm pretty sure that wasn't very quiet. I think it was just going, you know, holy, holy, holy. The throne room of heaven apparently has got a little volume to it. Give yourself permission to be loud. And rowdy. Now, some, some of you have, have told me before, Lance, dude, you've never heard me sing. I sound awful. In fact, the people in front of me have looked at me before while I'm singing. You know, they kind of <laughs> check him out. <laughs> I figured this out, though. I know the solution. I finally got it. The problem is, if you can hear the person behind you, you're not singing loud enough. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. All right. So the next time you're thinking, wow, that's some noise coming from back there. Crank it up a notch. All right. Now, <laughs> you know, of all people, I, this, this just gets me. Of all people, 
followers of Jesus Christ, people who have had their sins forgiven, who are redeemed and on their way to heaven, have hope and promise in this life, should be the most excited people on the face of the planet, as far as I can tell, because God has done something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. I mean, we can get fired up at ball games, that's cool, but when we come to church, that's when we really should get a little bit loud and excited. So I'm just throwing that out there for you to think about. All right. Now, um, I got this verse that I think is just incredible, because I knew it And I had some other verses I was aware of, but this one just really puts it nicely together. Some of you have said, I can't sing. So when I come to church, you know, I'd love to. I love the music, but I'm just kind of embarrassed. You know, I can't sing. And you all know about God says, make a joyful noise and all that. It doesn't say make a beautiful tune and all that. Make a joyful noise. But I love this verse. Check this out. Psalm 33, verse 3. It says, play, play skillfully on the harp. So in other words, band people... You guys up here, you play skillfully. We practice, you know, we're trying to play the right notes and all that sort of thing. So you would think it would say, play skillfully and sing skillfully. No, no, no. It says, and sing with joy. It doesn't say sing skillfully. So apparently you have to have no skill at all, all right? You just have to sing with joy. Play skillfully, sing with joy. Love it. All right, last thing. God wired you a certain way. He didn't wire you like he wired me. You should be grateful for that. We're all wired different, okay? Some of us are kind of out there. Some of us are kind of in here, you know? We're, we're all kind of different. Here's what I want to encourage you to do from God's word. Worship God the way that he has wired you to worship him. Don't do the church thing. Don't put on the church face when that's not the real you. Now, I tell some people sometimes this is the test. What do you do when you hear your, mo- your most favorite song on the radio and you think that nobody's watching or listening? That's probably getting pretty close to the real you, the way that you're wired. I see some people, you know, I've actually seen some of you guys. You don't know I'm watching, but you know, you're at a stoplight and um, there's a song on. You really like it? You go like this. You're singing and having a great time and then you walk in the church building and you go... I love this song. Hmm. What is that? Come on. Be you. God has wired you a certain way. A lot of times we get nervous, you know, but what are they going to think? They're going to, you know, call security on me or something. Be you. God has made you the way that you are. He delights in you praising him. He delights in your voice. You might think it stinks and your family might tell you to go to the backyard, but he loves it. Okay? He loves it. The last, oh, I got to give you this verse. This is really cool. I'm not just making this stuff up. Psalm 103, and there's actually a bunch of passages in Psalms that say this. It says, let all that I am praise the Lord. And I think, of course, that means with everything I have, but I think it also means let the way that I am, the, the, the things that God has put inside me, let me praise the Lord that way. Okay. Now I got one final admonition and I'm going to shut up. Oh, I said that. Sorry, there are kids in here. I'm going to be quiet. Some of you have, uh, have, have grown up in a, in a culture where at church we don't smile. Okay? It's just, that's just not allowed. We don't. We don't. Because this is serious business, and it is. We're talking about eternal things. But a lot of times we, we think that being dead is spiritual. Okay? Being dead is not spiritual. Being dead is just dead. Okay? And God has called us to a life 
He's called, to a, called us to a life abundant, full of joy, full of enthusiasm for what God is doing in our life. So I encourage you, each weekend you come here, pour yourself in to the service. That's not for my ego. We're all about trying to point people to Jesus Christ and say, God, you are worth everything that we have, and you will be amazed at what God will do in your life through our times of worship together. Would you close your eyes for just a second? Maybe you're in here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you say, man, this stuff about worship, that's all very interesting, but I don't even know God. Can I just tell you God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you? And he has made a way for you to live the life that he has planned for you. The first step is simply to tell God, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't get to you on my own. And I believe that Jesus died for me. You could just tell him right now in your heart. Just say, God, I'm a sinner. I believe that you died for me, though, and I thank you for that. Please come into my life. Thank you for saving me. Amen. You can look up this way. It's a very simple prayer because the words don't matter. It's what's in your heart. It's whether you understand what you just did. And we would love to help you with that. We'd love to help you take those next steps of becoming a, a worshiper of Jesus Christ, fully committed follower of Jesus. We've put together this little uh, packet deal that we'd love to give you if you made that decision this morning. It's got some DVDs and some other uh, resources in it that will help you. Um, and the way that you can get that is um, if you pray to receive Christ this morning, if you could just check the box on your Talk to Us card and take it to New Spring Store or Guest Services right out here, and they can help uh, put that in your hands. We would just uh, love to celebrate with you that decision. Well, thank you so much for your attention today. As I mentioned, next weekend, please come back. Mark's going to start packing heat. and uh, Well, Mark's going to start packing heat. That'll make you stay awake, won't it?